KCF Technologies presents Industrial Transformation Stories of Failure and Success from the Front Lines of American Manufacturing. Welcome back to another installment of the Industrial Transformation Podcast. I am Jeremy Frank of KCF Technologies, and I'm very pleased to be sitting down today with, uh, with Michael Michaud. Michael is the executive director of the Hydraulic Institute and Pump Systems Matter. Welcome, Michael. Thank you, Jeremy. It's, uh, it's great to be with you today. This is an important topic we're going to talk about, so I'm looking forward to it. Absolutely, and, and it, there is, um, for me, and probably this is true for most people, there is no topic more interesting than pump systems. And I really mean that quite sincerely. My, my mother may or may not feel that way. Uh, but we're going to be talking all about pump systems and the standards for pump systems and the need for continuous improvement of pump systems. And believe me when I tell you, this topic is more, far more important than, than most human beings realize in terms of the things that, are, that people do realize are so important these days, like sustainability and energy efficiency. And this is the organization and this is the leader who is driving positive change. So just really thrilled to have a chance to sit down and talk for a bit today. Thanks, Jeremy. And no, it's great. You know, it's, it's, um, you kind of underline some of the facts that we'll get into later, but um, pumps are critical. They're a critical part of our infrastructure um, and they're used everywhere. They're in just about any um, process industry you can think of for sure, but also in our buildings, in our, in our water system supply, our sewers, um, you know, they, they heat and cool us. They, they provide um, you know, much needed water for agriculture and irrigation. And so they're in just about every industry in every corner of, of our lives. Um, so you know, to, to, to say they're, they're a critical part of our in infrastructure is an understatement. I mean, they're, they're essential. Um, and um, you know, I think we'll talk about this in much more depth, but I mean, to kind of frame this right out of the beginning, 25% of the electricity in the United States is used to drive pumps. Um, and so when we think about that as, as kind of a framework for the conversation we're gonna have today, um, it's an important marker. I mean, what we do is really important as an organization, HI and Pump Systems Matter, um, both uh, for the trade um, industry, we represent the, the pump manufacturers, but also the users of uh, pumps and pumping systems. Um, so we're, we're here to play a critical role, both in standards development and um, product labeling and all sorts of things that we're going to talk into in much more depth. Perfect. Yes. Well, thank you for that. And I, I absolutely agree. And I got onto this topic, I don't know, seven or eight, nine years ago and didn't realize as most people don't how important these pump systems are. But I, I truly, I would summarize it as pump systems are by far the greatest category of, of industrial equipment that makes modern life possible as we know it. It's just, it's, it, that's not an understatement. We see things like it, tractors and vehicles and harvesters on, you know, in, in farms and, and we, the, we, those things are more conspicuous. Pump systems, I think they tend to be behind the scenes and yeah. that's why we don't, we're, they're not as conspicuous to society, but it is, that is the reality is these are, this is the most critical thing that, that, that makes modern life as we know it possible. Right, and I think your point, like they're hidden. Most people don't see their pumps. They don't know they're there, um, but they're there and they're working. 
And I think from a historical perspective, pumps were the first ones. Like Archimedes invented the, the, first, uh, the first pump, the screw, right, the screw pump. And um, so we've been around for a long time. It's a core technology. I, I was talking with someone the other day, and he said, you know, if it weren't for pumps, we'd all be living in one-room shacks uh, by the river. Um, because, you know, that, that's, water is vital, and, and we need it, and you can't get it to where we are today. Um, spread across this great country and, 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 and in such high-rise buildings, et cetera, in communities far from water. We're seeing more and more um, water issues throughout our country, whether it's uh, areas that don't have enough or, um, you know, particularly right now with hurricane season, et cetera, areas that have, a, have too much. Um, and, and pumps are part of both of those issues, right? It, it's such a critical, um, critical technology that most people don't think about. You know, they, they go in the house, they turn on their faucet, um, it shows up. Yes, absolutely. Well, let me go back, speaking of history, let me just go back and tell our guests just a bit about who you are and uh, your personal history. I'd like to start there and then we'll, we'll get into some of the topics that, sure. that are so vital regarding these industrial pump systems. So for the listener's benefit, Michael is the executive director of the Hydraulic Institute, which is the industrial organization for pump and motor manufacturers and also of Pump Systems Matter, which is the largest association of pump manufacturers and supplier companies in North America, and with Pump Systems Matter, the organization that helps the, their customers use these systems in an optimal way. His experiences, Michael's experiences, include studying political science in French before joining ASME, the American Society of Mechanical Engineers, as a, a director in New York City when they were beginning their global footprint and Michael joined the Hydraulic Institute from ASME, but I thought it might be nice because I, as a mechanical engineer, and so many of our listeners are mechanical engineers, are familiar with that, with that organization and your personal history. Can you just tell us a little bit about ASME and, and your time there, uh, just a, a brief overview of the role in the organization? Sure. Well, you know, that was, it's, it was a great um, spot for me and, and, a, and a great place to spend just about 20 years. I was there for over 19 years. Um, and the role there was really to take my experience, which was more liberal, um, political science and, and French, um, had some experience working overseas, and, and kind of apply that to the context of an organization that developed standards, and those standards needed to be used globally. Um, and so it was a really um, great uh, time for me and was an opportunity for me to, to travel around the world and visit a lot of countries where um, they were on a very, um, very steep developmental path. Um, and standards plays a critical role in that, um, whether it's pipeline standards or nuclear power standards um, or even just, you know, geometric dimensioning and tolerancing standards, right, nuts and bolts. Um, if, if the critical parts and components we don't, we, we all use don't fit um, and work with each other globally, um, there's, um, there's a real opportunity to, to, to make it work together globally so it all works. And if it doesn't, um, we don't have growth. Um, and so that, that kind of applies to what HI does. Um, again, another organization that's over 100 years old that's based on standards um, that are critical for an industry. And so for me, the jump from ASME uh, to HI was a real easy one to make. Um, you know, working um, not as a, as a technical um, specialist, but really as someone who can kind of take um, and work with technical experts and take those and, uh, and try and apply it to 
a larger sense, whether it's society, um, working with other governments to get them to adopt standards and, and put those into local rules, or um, with universities and trying to get them to adopt programs that would bring um, some of these global um, level setters, like a standard would be, um, into the curriculum. And, you know, ASME had a great, great, and still does, a, a great global um, footprint of uh, sections and student sections around the world and, and is uh, very relevant in, I would say, just about any mechanical engineering industry. Um, so a really great, great community there um, that I was able to work with for just about 20 years. Wonderful. And, you know, I've, I've actually, I mean, I've been a, a, a member just as, you know, back to being a student at Penn State in the organization. Uh, and, but now I'm actually on the uh, on a group led by Tom Constable, the CEO, as the Industrial Advisory Board. So I've actually gotten more engaged with them while you've been driving the Hydraulic Institute. Can you talk a little bit? So I, I know because I was involved in the process at, at the time, but there was a lot happening a little over six years ago that, that uh caused you to be recruited into the Hydraulic Institute in this addressing this pump system problem. Can you talk a little bit about what was happening then and how that sort of moves forward in, in the last six years from then till now? Well, yeah, so it was interesting. I mean, when I was with a, uh, ASME, I was involved in um, a lot in, in training and um, some certification programs and some specialty institutes. And, um, you know, when, when you kind of looked at the Hydraulic Institute from the outset, it, it seemed like it was a very focused organization on um, standards. But the, there was a lot of change. There was change in the air. The Department of Energy had um, said that they were going to regulate uh, pumps um, for energy efficiency. And what that um, created was a lot of opportunity for HI to think about um, expanding kind of its its core and its century legacy of building pump standards. Um, and so that, that kind of mapped into a few things um, which really kind of happened uh, as and when I joined and, and since I joined this organization, which was really, um, really kind of interesting when you think about the, the overall context. You have a government agency that wants to regulate an industry um, for increased efficiency, and you have that industry that says, okay, we, we want to work with you. Um, and I think that was that was a real um, a real important time for HI. Um, we had lots of technical groups that sat down and worked with the Department of Energy as they started to map out um, just how can we regulate um, a component uh, like this. And um, that discussion started from the component, and they said, well, okay, so if you want us to build a more efficient pump, um, you, you really can't think about a more efficient pump without thinking about the pump system, all right? The pump is connected to a motor, and that motor, and, and what drives that motor, controls that motor, must also be more efficient. And so the whole pump system uh, needed to be more efficient. And you know, leading up to leading up to that discussion, before I joined, um, HI decided to form a, a nonprofit as well, focused on education, which was called Pump Systems Matter. Um, and and the real objective there was to try and um, kind of inform and eventually change the marketplace around pump system um, efficiency opportunities. Right? If if you look at your pump system differently you'll see an opportunity to optimize it, um, a program that we built, a, a training program, and then eventually, um, you know, we've built other programs that, that help 
go through and kind of itemize where you can make improvements and how to go about making those improvements. Um, so, so you know, from, from the ASME perspective, kind of building on standards, building on training on certification, for me it was a real easy jump to come over to HI and to really focus on a, a specific industry um, that with the DOE um, and the regulatory activities that were taking place um, was just ready for um, kind of a different, uh, a different approach and a very um, different mindset in terms of building training and certification programs, product labeling, all things that we've developed in the last uh, three or four years. Um, so really, really exciting time to, uh, to join this organization. Excellent. Yeah, and, and as we've said, it's very important work, and we'll touch on some of the, the motivation for the wider pump systems problem. Uh, I think I, I have a, a couple other topics I'd like to hit there, but I mean, I think it, without being, you know, while recognizing that our government is nearly perfect, but maybe not quite perfect, the idea of regulating something, a complex industrial system or machine, like a pump, um, and maybe this is something that is uh, that you, you can be as uh, polit politically correct as you choose, but the this idea of, of, of uh, regulating the efficiency of the pump rather than regulating the, the efficiency of the entire system, it's kind of a, a choice between what's practical versus addressing the actual problem. And I'm, you know, as you know, from my work, I'm exposed to the kind of the whole problem in its scale that, it, that affects the system, not only the motor and the drive, but also what happens with the fluid system and, and the process right. that it's part of. And it's just a big messy world out there. Can you talk a little bit about how that went, like trying to convince the government to recognize how to properly address like a, a well-motivated Department of Energy effort? How, how close did we get to getting them to, to attack the right problem? I th you know, I think we got. I wasn't there when most of the committee work was done. Um, you know, because this dated. This whole process took uh, oh, close to eleven years um, to until when the um, regulation was actually put in place last January. But um, I will say that it was a process that um, was very open, and, and and there was a great deal of opportunity for the industry to engage as equals. And so it wasn't. You know, sometimes industries can say, well, this regulation was done to us. Well, no, it wasn't. We, we sat down with the government and worked out the best way forward. And I think if you started the conversation and saying, well, we're going to regulate a pump, and you end up saying, well, wait a minute, let's develop a system whereby we can understand, um, you know, how a pump system performs and figure out a better path to energy efficiency, I think that's where the group landed, and I think that's the outcome of, of the, the, um, the regu regulation that we have today. Um, it was limited in scope. Um, I mean, there are some technical reasons why we couldn't expand beyond um, kind of the, the clean water pump, um, you know, because that, that's something that we could accurately measure. Um, you know, it's, it's really hard to measure performance of um, dirty water. You have to define what dirty water is, right? So we, we were able to kind of define the problem and attack it um, as best we could, you know, from an engineering perspective, but certainly from, from, our, from our stance, from HI's um, and the members' perspective, we, we approached it from that, um, that end. But I think, you know, what the DOE was trying to achieve um, was successful. Um, we are currently, uh, I'll say, talking about um, running another classification of pumps through um, a very similar process um, that's been in place for a while, circulator pumps. It's a, it's a much smaller uh, pump. 
um, but it really um, serves to circulate and recirculate um, hot water, um, in either in an HVAC solution or a domestic hot water solution. And again, there's a really, um, really large amount of energy that can be saved um, from changing out older, uh, less inefficient pumps to um, kind of this newer technology. And so I think, you know, we're all in it for the same purpose, um, to make sure that folks see the opportunity um, that more efficient pumps can bring from an energy perspective, but also from a performance perspective, right? And that, those are kind of two sides of the same coin. Um, and, and, you know, if, if you, I know you, you have a lot of activities with your organization that focuses on industrial um, and, and kind of making sure the industrial um, settings are at peak performance. Um, but I think some companies may care a lot about that and, and less about the energy. Other companies care a lot about, you know, their spend on, on their energy bill and maybe less about performance. They might not be as critical, um, you know, critical uh, processes. But I think those are both, um, you know, different sides of the same coin. They definitely are. Yeah, it's something I actually, we, we do a lot of internal presentations of just the, the learning process and knowledge share internally. And we, we have a current focus on pump systems. One of the things, I, I was just running the numbers and talking internally, but what I think people might not realize, I certainly didn't realize until I got exposed to it, is if you compare a, a pump to something like a, like a vehicle, I compared it to an F-150, you know, uh, and um, just, you know, Ford as a manufacturer is just like the icon of American manufacturing. And you look at an F-150 and it's a big, capable machine, right? But if you take uh, like a, a couple horse, hundred horsepower pump, which is not even that big of a pump in the scope of industry, it's a good bit smaller than an F-150. But when you do the math, it's because that, because that pump runs 24-7, 365, it consumes... Um, like a hundred times more energy annually than that F-150 does. Right. And, and that's where like making, like that's what the government realized is attacking that problem from an efficiency standpoint has a massive impact. Hundreds of thousands of dollars of, of energy get consumed by a pump like that. And there's, yeah. there's just tons of these across all of the industries we depend on. But what you said is also something that is just convenient is that, when you address efficiency, the reliability also massively improves. They're running running a, a pump at the efficiency point is also the healthiest way to run that pump across the board. And so it, it's just there's this really great thing out there. Yet yeah, it's a very sticky problem, which is the next thing I want to get into is the um, – realizing that is one thing, but solving it is another. So with, with the Hydraulic Institute under your leadership and all the member organizations – the core of it is really um, technical training and standards. It's really a standards body. Yeah. Um, can you talk about just that core, kind of why those standards are so important, who uses them, and, and how, they're, how they're used to address this problem? Right. So, so the organization um, you know, started in 1917, right? And, and um, we're leading up to – the context is we're leading up to World War One. Uh, there's a lot of procurement um, taking place in the government, and um, you have different manufacturers coming to, um, you know, knocking on, on the government's door and saying, well, you've got um, A and B, and, and, you know, product A may perform um, this way, and, you know, a competitor would come in and say, you know, our, our pump performs a little differently, and, and the, the measurements weren't the same, and so 
there's a little pushback from, from um, some large procurement um, organizations like, like governments, et cetera. And the industry got together and I think did a very smart thing. They said, well, let's, let's make sure we compare our products the same way, right? Let's, let's develop a test standard. Um, and so it all, a lot of the products that we're talking about today, a lot of the, the um, things that even in terms of uh, the label that we'll address later on is still based on this, this common performance test standard where everybody in the industry tests their equipment and, um, and kind of defines performance the same way. So you can compare an apple to an apple. You can compare a green apple to a green apple. You, you know that um, everything is, is kind of done the same way in a uniform process. And so take that, take that one example and, and multiply it out. Um, 100 years later, we have um, numerous other standards. Um, so when you're connecting pumps to uh, pipes, when you're connecting them to floors, you need you need a common base plate. So you don't you you can't buy the pump from the manufacturer that has the triangular base plate. If 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 you have round um, you know bolts in in your floors, you can only buy it from the round uh, you know base plate. So you want a commonality within the industry that in, that. Um, kind of eases the way for commerce and that's that's good for business. So that's that's one. Standards has done that um, and that's really where HI comes to play. Our standards are developed by our members. Our members are manufacturers, um, but they're also EPC firms. We have standards partners that participate in this process. We have end users that participate in this process as well. And so you have kind of a 360 degree perspective of um, kind of what folks are looking for from the equipment and what is the recommended best practice um, that, it, that becomes standardized and adopted across the industry. So that's, I think that's the, that's the most important thing that, um, that we've done. Now the other things that um, we've developed over the years are really extensions of that. You take um, standards into certification. Well, you need to certify someone to meet a standard. You need to um, ensure that the person has a the knowledge um, is is using the right tools. Those tools are calibrated, um, et cetera. So there's a whole series of um, things that follow standardization down that path towards certification. Um, ditto for training. You you want to make sure that people um, are educated off a a base curriculum that is um, standard within the industry. And I think that's what folks look to HI, look to Pump Systems Matter as, as being the standards organization, yes, for standards, but also for a standard curriculum, um, for certification, and, um, and now recently product labels um, that have come out that are based on, kind of, again, the, the test standard um, from equipment that's been tested in a certified lab. Um, and so you kind of see the role of standards permeates um, much of what HI does um, in, in, its, in its other products. Perfect. And I want to I get to, I have, I have a couple of questions I want to ask about some of those things, the, the certification and the training. But first, just for the benefit of the listener, uh, before we get into that, I'd like to just talk about the scale, the scale of the problem. Because what I've seen, you know, that, that the standards exist, they're, they're best in class, the expertise is there, and people use them. However, there's a big problem. And, and it's a difficult problem to fix, which is the, the, the problem of just system efficiency. So you touched on it earlier, you know, the, um, you, you said 
25 percent of electricity 25 percent yeah i mean it's it's just when when you process just how much that is think about a quarter of all the power plants that you see when you're driving down the highway a quarter of the power plants in the whole in the country are devoted specifically to making electricity for pump systems not literally but you know in scale it's for for pump systems that that serve critical functions right i mean you know the, the pump is we we live in a world that might be digitally enhanced but um you know those computers need to be cooled uh the, the, you know those those data centers need to be cooled to keep that data flowing so um it's it's a critical technology behind everything absolutely every building every power plant uh yeah. even in places where you might not think you know auto assembly plants critical pump systems make all that possible but but i want to talk about the problem i mean the the, the problem is that these are systems that are it's easier said than done to get them to run reliably and efficiently. And then, you know, there, there are well-publicized studies that we talk about in Pump Systems Matter, uh, where I've been on the board for the last few years, where, where you know, the average pump systems can be as low as 40%. And we, across our customer base, we've seen way worse than that in, you know, when you're trying to address the, the problems, not on average, but the, the bad ones. So I just, can, can you talk about, um, you know, basically just sort of validating that as the challenge. And then um, it, one other way to say that, you know, if you look at that, if, if, if these efficiency gaps exist and it's a quarter of the electricity, some, something like 10% of all electricity generated is, is just is wasted and it's realizable waste theoretically. However, you and I both know that theoretically solving and it actually solving it are two different things. So what's going on? Right. What are we doing? Well, so, so, you know, there's waste there. I, I, I couldn't quantify it. Um, you know, I, thank you for putting a number on it. I know, I know it's significant um, because think about the design process, right? I'm, um, you know, you, you're a municipality and you want a system put in place to fulfill today's need. And you call uh, um, an engineering firm and say, okay, please design something for today's need. And then you're going to say, well, wait a minute. What about tomorrow's need? Um, let's 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 build something bigger, so you can meet a need that you don't have today, but you're probably going to have tomorrow. And then someone else is going to come in and say, well, wait a minute. Do you want to build a safety margin on top of that? And so you have safety margins on top of safety margins to make sure you have the performance that you actually need. And all of that, yes, it might push you a little bit off the pump curve, but it also puts you way off the efficiency curve when you think about the system. Um, and, and I think that's where um, kind of a, a very scientific, a very me- methodological approach to looking at um, the system requirements um, and what's put in place is going to kind of r- get rid of some of that excess. Um, yes, there, there, there's other, other waste in the system. Um, there's a lot of, uh, you know, leakage, et cetera, if you look at a, at a water system and, and non-revenue water, okay, that, that those are all different problems to solve. But when you're just looking at the pumping system itself, um, I think there's there's a whole lot of opportunity to kind of bring in um, a, a, a very, very methodological approach to looking at um, how to measure, how to analyze, um, what's re- what, what is the system required to do and, and how is it built and, and how can we make some adjustments? Um, and, and they might be replacing pumps, 
But they might be um, simple things like, you know, putting in extensions or uh, playing with valves and, and, uh, and you know, changing the flow. Uh, I know there's a lot of um, intelligent uh, systems out there that will actually do um, some flow analysis um, and, and take, take some readings with sensors along the, uh, along the system and, and give you good information and, and data that you can actually work things from the control room. Um, maybe do some things there as well. So there's all sorts of ways to approach the problem, and, and I think it really um, takes um, some folks that, that have very specific knowledge of pumps and pump systems, and also knowledge of the um, systems that they're trying to, to optimize or improve. Definitely. Yeah, and as I experience constantly, our engineers, our experts working with these companies, they typically don't have that expertise, and that's a big part, but, but a nice thing happening, you know, there's a couple things happening. Technology like Industry 4.0 and, and IoT enables a path to make those problems conspicuous, which then allows us to connect the dots and solve the problems. And that's happening. You know, that's something that we, we talk about all the time. But the, there's other things happening that, that you're driving, uh, you know, through Hydraulic Institute and Pump Systems Matter. Um, and also that the government is continuing to drive. I mean, there are people aware of this problem. Can we talk about the, the pump systems um, assessment professional piece of it for a minute? You know, in terms of training, you know, so one of the big things we need is people who understand how to assess those problems and then, and then decide what to do. So a couple of those examples you gave. Can you talk about where that, that PSAP, the assessment professional, um, where that came about and, and what's happening now? Sure. So, you know, it, it's... it's um kind of as I alluded to earlier, the, the certification programs in general are based on standards, right? And so HI has been moving along, um, working on standards, working with the DOE. Another player around that table uh, were public utilities. Um, and so we, we were working with um, some, and they said, you know, it, it would be great for us to be able to um, call on a, a, an independent um, third party um, who was an expert in pumping systems that could come in and, and look at and evaluate some of our really um, um, expensive, from, a, from an energy perspective, um, projects, right? And, and that's a skill set that they didn't see present in the marketplace. And they said, you know, based on your knowledge of pump systems, your curriculum around how to optimize pumping systems, um, your, your knowledge of standards, could HI um, develop a program that could meet and, and fill that need? Um, and we did, you know, and so we developed a pump system assessment professional. It's a, it's a credential, it's a professional certification program that individuals um, go through uh, with, with experience. Um, they can work through courses or they can have their experience um, on their own, but they, they go through a body of knowledge um, that tests, um, you know, key knowledge areas um, and, and application areas, and they take an exam. It's a rigorous four-hour exam, and at the end of it, um, HI um, kind of puts that stamp, PSAP, um, on that individual because they know how to go in and do an, a formal assessment, um, come out the other end with uh, recommended um, ways to improve a system um, from both an energy and a reliability perspective. Um, and they can, they can do this and they, it's essentially an audit. Um, they got a checklist and they work through the audit and they can make some recommended practices. You know, and the, the, 
utilities asked us for this because, you know, pump systems are complicated. Um, the, the last um, kind of set of rebates and, and, and programs like that that the utilities were familiar with dealing with were light bulbs, right? And th then you would call in a lighting auditor and they would, do, um, they would do an audit. And so the utilities could call on that class of uh, professionals to kind of go in and as a consultant and go in and do an audit in a facility and help the owner um, kind of redesign their lighting. Well, pump systems are a little different, a little more complicated than that. Um, and so it really takes um, a knowledge and understanding of the system um, to be able to go into a facility, um, look at it, um, take measurements, um, do everything that's required to, to perform that, that audit of the pump system and make the recommendations that the uh, facility owner needs. Um, and so we did it for the utilities, but I really think the big winners are gonna be the, um, the system owners. Um, they're going to find um, really the most benefit from the, uh, the PSAP credential. Wonderful. Yeah, and I, I mean, I know it well because we've had uh, three, we, uh, Sean I and Christine and Aaron all from the KCF team have, have been through a relatively small number of people that have actually been through that rigorous process because it is, it's, I mean, this is a serious, uh, a seriously high bar of expertise that is set. And, and there's a lower bar that we've also had other engineers participate in just to get the certificate and the no some of the knowledge. But right. So, so it's, it's about, you know, we, we do things called pump system optimization, which is a course, right? And people can take that course and be familiar with things. And, and you've run a lot, of, a lot of folks in your organization through that course. But to actually get that PSAP credential, that's, that's, a, that's a serious step. It's a serious commitment. Um, and, you know, I thank you for, for sharing this with your, your team uh, and producing folks um, that can go through and, and, and actually earn that credential. It's, it's great to see an organization embrace it. Um, we're talking to some other organizations about how they can embrace it internally. Um, it's a great career path um, for folks that, that really want to, um, you know, dig in and, and deeply into a, um, into a topic. And I think for, for a lot of engineers, folks that are mechanically minded, mechanical engineers that have experience in, in pumping, um, pumping systems, it's a, it's a great thing to, to look into and, and to pursue. I certainly think utilities, you know, if you look at way, the way the um, rebate, the incentive programs have gone, um, I think the, the lighting rebates are, are almost over at this point. Um, we've, we've achieved much of that savings. Um, but when you look at things from a rotating equipment perspective, we're next on the list. Pumps, um, fans, and compressors. And, and these are all kinds of um, things that I think um, pump system assessment um, and, and uh, the, the fan and, and compressor folks will be developing similar programs, I'm sure. These are real opportunities to go in and, and provide real savings um, for, um, for any end user, but also for the utility. They wanna build fewer power plants, right? And so that, that was their motivation um, to urge us to build this program. Yeah, and for any, I mean, any young engineers that are, that are listening to that, in, in case, you know, just to do the math, you know, Michael said that it, it's, uh, you know, it, it's a good career path just, I mean, you, you talk about having a very unique piece of expertise that allows you to address a problem that's scaled into the billions and billions, probably hundreds of billions of dollars in total scope in terms of something that the world is recognizing urgently affects our long-term sustainability. And so it's, I think it's a, and I mean, also I mean, the incentives, you know, we talked about a lot of the, the very low hanging fruit with, you know, turning light bulbs to, to compact fluorescence and, and LEDs. 
these these incentives, can you, can you talk a little bit about the scale of the incentives that exist at the utilities and how when we get to addressing pump systems? So, so I think I think we're at the at the beginning of a much longer conversation um, that we'll that we'll have over a few years, um, right? So I think utilities have a have an interesting challenge. Um, many of them receive uh, public dollars that each ratepayer contributes towards efficiency um, that they need to spend on efficiency, and I think um, light bulbs were low hanging fruit. It was real easy to go up and and uh, swap out a light bulb and and get some savings and and some early savings. And I think that's because there's so much lighting out there that there was considerable savings to be to be had. But I think the real um, big opportunities are, are next, and that's with um, rotating equipment, uh, pumps, uh, compressors, pans. Um, this is where you look at the installed base. Um, you know, to to swap that out. Um, you look at building new um, programs, um, and so. Each utility kind of lines up their programs based on um, what's happening in their marketplace. Um, many of them develop programs for um, new build, um, and that's easy. Um, many of them are trying to um, incentivize um, when something breaks, put it, put in something that's new and more efficient. Um, and many of them are, are paying for um, PSAPs or, or other, you know, third-party um, individuals to go in and make recommendations on savings for much larger systems. And so they're looking at that across the board. Um, and I think when you, when you sum up the ratepayer-funded efficiency dollars, it, it comes to something like $8 billion a year annually um, that needs to be reinvested in energy efficiency um, programs, whether that's training, um, whether that's audits, or um, incentives. And when it comes to incentives, that's where um, you know, it, it's really tough to, to incentivize someone to buy a, a piece of equipment over another um, without some sort of independent third party that comes in and says, well, it's, it's worth it to, to buy this piece of equipment over the other because this is what the savings is going to be. And actually, that's what we did. Um, that's, that's part of our suite at HI of, of energy efficiency uh, programs. We developed something called the Energy Rating Label. Um, that's really a direct product of the work that we did with the Department of Energy. Um, we, we kind of looked at how to define um, efficiency for a pump. Um, we developed something called PEI that's in regulation. Um, and then HI took that and, and developed an energy rating label that's a little easier to comprehend and, and a lot easier to do math to, to, ex to actually calculate if you, if you know the energy rating of a pump and you know how many hours you run, and you know the cost of your electricity, you can calculate the amount of savings annually you will have over your um, current pump or your, your baseline pump. Um, and so it's a real easy tool. Um, we've got calculators on our pumps.org website that, that kind of help you, guide you down that process. So the owner, the contractor, the distributor, uh, the utility, they can all Kind of have access to a database um, full of pumps that have this label. Um, you know, this is a label that's delivered to pumps that have been tested in a in a HI certified lab. So you know, we know that the data is is real. Um, and so not every pump makes um, makes the list, and not every pump you know has that um, energy rating label. But when it's there, you know you can kind of plug those numbers into a calculator, um, come out the other side with a a you know, 
knowledge and confidence that you're going to find the savings in your um, utility bill that you're, that you're looking for. Um, and so we built these tools for the utilities so they could use these um, tools to build their programs on. We've got, a, we've got a calculators, we've got the label, um, we've got the PSAP certification, and a whole suite of training uh, programs that utilities um, call on us for um, and, and bring to their either their users or within their organizations um, to help kind of educate and, and, and change the marketplace. That's, that's ultimately what they're about. And uh, one last thing I wanted to, to sure. just ask about, I, I think we're running up on our time, but um, the government, you know, and just there's the annual rebates that are essentially coming from the government driving towards sustainability efforts that, that really are, are good and well-founded in working. It's just we need people who actually can help carry these out. But there's also kind of big infrastructure programs coming through the government. There's a big jobs act, but also can you just speak yeah. kind of a, as the last thing on the, the spend that's going into infrastructure, like water and wastewater, sure. for example. Yeah. So, I, so right now we're, um, you know, waiting for this, uh, this infrastructure bill to, to come through. Um, but from what we've seen so far, it's, it's going to essentially five X the, the current spending that we have in wastewater, and clean water and so take it from 2.2 billion dollars a year up to 10 over 10 um, and I, I think that's a great thing for um, water the water industry in general um, my caution would be that we need to make sure that this is um, done and, and and the equipment that we put in is is more efficient right it would be such a huge uh, opportunity lost if we didn't put in more efficient equipment and so I think there's a temptation for the end user to say well I have I have this pump and I'm going to buy this pump and replace it. Um, and it's like, well, wait a minute. We've got rebate dollars that might help you buy a better pump. Um, that They're going to offset some of that additional expense. And then you're going to see your, your monthly bill go down a little bit by operating that pump. And the payback period is going to be much sooner than you thought. And all of those things, if, if we can tie that together with this huge infrastructure investment, I think we're going to make some great, great gains towards our um, our governmental sustainability goals. I mean, it, you know, I think that the writing's it's there um, if if we can do it. So let's let's get the infrastructure bill in place. Um, let's get it so that our manufacturers can can you know be there and provide um, the efficient um, equipment needed to to drive this change, and then let's let's make it happen. I think. I think the um, the public's ready for it. Um, you know, the utilities are ready for it. Every, everybody's kind of waiting for this to happen, and so I'm I'm looking forward to these uh, these next few years as we as we continue to do um, do the right thing, right? I mean, it, it's um, yes, it's good for our business, uh, but I think having we're everywhere, so having more efficient pumps everywhere is just a good thing for society overall. Absolutely. And that's a wonderful thing to, to close on. I think it's a great call to action, and I agree with you. I think it needs to happen and is going to happen, and it's just it's far more important than, than most people realize. Um, any, any closing thoughts, Michael, on just what's on your mind in the scope of things we've talked about? No, I just think, you know, for you, you talked about the next generation, mm -hmm. uh, you know, the, the folks that are in school. And, and, like, water is such a critical piece of what we do, right? Water is life, and, and pumps are an important part of that. So if you're thinking about um, a great career, a great career choice, you know, think about the pump industry. Um, we've got great manufacturers. Um, we've got uh, 
Uh, also, distributors and reps out there in the field, if you're more field-oriented and want to be out. And um, We've got great companies like KCF that, that do things um, that are more on the analytical side. I mean, I've spent a lot of time talking about equipment, but um, Jeremy, you and you're in your team, you, you guys have the data. Um, and so when you marry like great data with um, great fundamentals, um, great things happen too. And I think, I think the opportunity that um, tomorrow's engineers have to leverage the amount of data um, that we're pulling in from all of our smart systems um, will lead to even more opportunity to build better systems, to op optimize maybe even multiple systems um, together. And, and that's, that's kind of exciting when you think about it. It's the whole scale thing, right? No How doubt. How does it scale up? Yeah, no doubt. We're, I mean, we're deep into that, and there's a whole industrial transformation happening to, that ties those, those things right that's together. what I want to talk to you about. That's, that's the next one. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah, well, let's wrap there, and I really appreciate the conversation. Um, this, once again, is the Industrial Transformation Podcast. I'm Jeremy Frank, and I've been speaking with Michael Michaud of the Hydraulic Institute. Thanks, Michael. Thank you, Jeremy. It's been a pleasure. Likewise.